This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. How you doing? Hope you're well. Thank you very much for downloading this week's show. If you don't subscribe already, please do so. Go to fightdisciples.com. Very easy to follow the instructions. Hit subscribe and then you'll never miss out on any of our weekly content. Coming up on this show, Nick wants to get a new nickname for Vasil Lomachenko. You know what the problem is? Maybe in the Ukraine, high tech are the bollocks. High tech might be like <laughs> Nike Air Max or some shit like that. I have my say on all this Nick Blackwell stuff. Don't give me these arguments on social media, right? That, oh, it's a fighter's spirit, it's still in him and all that type of stuff. Yeah, it is. But so's alcohol for alcoholics. Yeah. Exactly. It could kill you. You yeah. don't get back in. It's as simple as that. You do not get back in. And I attempt to do my very best Tony Bell, you impression. We're all going to tune in. You know why? You went to Hollywood and failed. You no, exactly. It's a good line. It's a good line from Hey, that to be fair. You want to be me, lads? You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Welcome to episode 55 of the Fight Disciples podcast. Absolute pleasure once again to be in your company. Thank you so much for downloading this. Um, if you follow us on social media, by the way, at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, you will have seen on our Twitter feed that we've got quite a lot of happy customers. That's not me blowing our own trumpet. That's them blowing our trumpet, which is kind of a nice feeling on a Saturday night when people tweet me from the side of the ring to say, hey, man, thanks for my uh, boxing tickets. A lot of people enjoying themselves on Saturday night down in Cardiff. Good stuff. They were belter tickets as well, weren't they? Uh, Raw 12. As always. Yeah, Raw 12, I think they were. Um, So well done. If you managed to get your hands on a pair of those tickets, Aaron, Kalinu, Martin, Connor, all those people that won on our podcast recently, uh, well done to you. The reason why I bring that up is go to fightdisciples.com. We've got a pair of tickets for Anthony Joshua, Eric Molina, and the like in Manchester on December the 10th up for grabs there. You've just got to go to our website and register, fightdisciples.com. See, we're always giving, man. It's a community. A lot of people kind of think that we're, we're after something. It's not that. We, we, we genuinely are trying to build something where people benefit from it. And if we are lucky enough to be in a position where we get a few tickets, I'm, 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 we'll break the fourth wall, right? Me and Nick have been doing this for quite a period of time and we get press passes. They allow us into these places to report on these particular fights. But we also get competition prizes. No point in us keeping them and flogging them like on the black market. You know what I mean? Like them dodgy footballers do. Stick mm-hmm. them on eBay for 20 quid. No point. Might as well give them to you because you're rewarding us with your company every single week. Exactly. So there you go. Fightdisciples.com. Get on there. Register. You could be at the Anthony Joshua fight. Now then, my friend, we're going to start with the big one, shall we? Because last week we finished with your big one. The man that you get extremely excited about. He didn't let us down, did he? Let's be straight. Vasil Lomachenko. Absolutely sensational. Let's let's you let's eulogize on him first before I start slagging off Nicholas Walters. <laughs> <laughs> He's got it coming, hasn't he, Walters? Walters is getting it both barrels today, mate. He's getting yeah. the lot, yeah. But first of all, Lomachenko, he is without doubt the pound for pound king. Nobody nobody can argue with that now, can they? Nah, of course they can't. No, anybody can watch that the weekend. Listen, but before we jump on the slagging Walters off, let's talk about the fact that last week on the show. We were arguing why Walters was a legit opponent, why this guy was 100% a, a tough test, the toughest test potentially of Lomachenko's career. He had more power than anybody he'd faced before as a professional, all that kind of stuff. All these narratives were coming in. This was a real fight, even on the broadcast itself. Yeah. It was on Box Nation, but it was the HBO commentary, I think it was, and all the Showtime commentary. And the American, the, the commentators were getting excited. We were saying, this is the first 50-50 fight of the year. This is closer than Kovalev Ward. This is going to be really thin. You know, this is where Lomachenko proves himself. And let's face it, it was a, it looked in the end like a complete and utter mismatch, which, by the way, let's get the audio ready. I'm pretty sure <laughs> I tipped that last week as well. I'm not playing it. I refuse to play anything I'm, now that you predict from the week I'm before. I'm pretty sure last week I said... A late stoppage, you know, yeah, a, a later start for the fight And I said that's, that, that's ridiculous so. because I said that it would go the distance and I said that Lomachenko would win this with a wide part, uh, points margin. To be fair, I would have been right if um, if Nicholas Walters wouldn't have shit his pants, right? Yeah. I would have been right because he would have won all 12 rounds, Lomachenko. Well, ha- Lomachenko, this is the thing, Lomachenko, as sensational he was, and I want to come back to how sensational he is, but at no point was Walters dragging himself up off the canvas. He no. wasn't... 
taken tons of punishment where you were like, you know, come on, pull him out, do him a favour. You know, it wasn't like uh, the, the event on Friday night where young boy Jones had battered Martin Hillman from pillar to post. We'll talk about that fight later. Hillman was spectacular. But it wasn't like that. It wasn't like, oh, God, someone in this guy's suffering. Walter's, okay, he was starting to drastically lose rounds from four, five, six, seven. You know, he, he was. You could see him get increasingly frustrated. I think on the cards it was seven nil six one six one in rounds. Well, yeah, That's what so it they was. probably give him the first. I, I, you know, the first round was pretty close, and then from then, you know, my man just absolutely stepped on the gas. This my is what man, Lemachenko did you just does. say my man stepped on the man gas? Stepped on. on the gas. <laughs> Lomach- this is what Lomachenko does. I said last week on the show. Walters is bread and butter. This is what Lomachenko has been feeding on his entire career. His footwork is te- he's so technical, he's so sensational in there that the only guys that think they've got a chance that push to the front of the queue to fight this guy are big hitters. Big hitters who think, if I land on the chin, mate, you're going over. And they convince themselves they are going to land. Lomachenko has been living off this guy his entire career. He loves it. He lets them bring themselves on. What did he do on Saturday night? Absolutely busted Walters up on the inside. We didn't even—he he wasn't even doing a lot of that pivoting to the side stuff. We seen no. bits of it at the end, but usually Lomachenko was even more fleet-footed than that. But he wasn't. He was going down straight lines. He was hitting Walters right down the pipe. He was beating him at his own game, if you like. And that, more than anything, took Walters' heart away. Well, let's talk about this, right? Because I don't want any any person that is listening to this show. Because this is a community, everybody's got their own opinions, and loads of I've seen so many different opinions on social media. This is mine. This is where I'm at. Right? Mm-hmm. I have absolutely no problem whatsoever with a fighter quitting at any point, because in my opinion, a fighter's safety is paramount. Right? Yeah. However, when you fail to fulfil the fundamental obligation of competing to the best of your ability. You don't only cheat yourself, but you cheat those paying fans, those people that have paid big money to come down and watch this fight, for you to just say, no, I'm not having it, I'm, I'm going home now, throwing your toys out the pram because of the of the class difference between you and your opponent. He wasn't getting beat up, he wasn't hurt, he wasn't taking a smack in, he was just being embarrassed. When you do that, you lose the fans. And for me, I'll never pay to go and watch Nicholas Walters now. I will never even tune in. Unless he's fighting Lomachenko again, I'm not interested in Nicholas Walters. He's lost me. I don't care yeah. that he's got 21 knockouts out of 26 fights or 27 fights, whatever it is now. That's it, man. I, I, I want to believe in a winner. I want to believe in someone that believes that they can win. He has, he has the Hollywood punch. He yeah. has that Hollywood punch. You've just mentioned it there. He's a big hitter. This kid's knocked out a boatload of opponents. Mm-hmm. Lomachenko's 7-0 up. Who's to say that he, didn't, he wouldn't get to 11-0 up? But in that 12th round, he might have bingoed him. Yeah, and that exactly. is what kept me interested in the fight up until that point because I know how much powers he's got. For him to walk away, I think he's disgusting, mate. I really yeah. do. He did, but, you know, and I completely agree with you. I wholeheartedly agree with you. But this is what Lomachenko does, man. He breaks people mentally. He's that good, technically. This is a guy that no one's seen anyone, never mind sparred with somebody, no one's even seen someone of this technical ability in the gym. You know, this is a guy that you get in with. It's like Neo from The Matrix. It's like you get him in and you think, wait a minute. That, 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 Where, what, where's he gone? Where's this he is gone? not <laughs> boxing's laws, boxing's rules of gravity, the way people move, the way you're allowed to throw a punch, the power you get from the way your feet are placed. And he's breaking all these rules. What the hell is going on? And I think that's what hit Walters like a ton of bricks, certainly from like rounds five, six, and seven, where he was just like, where's this? You know, he would, the punches were coming from everywhere. And Lomachenko does that gorgeous little pivot where he just steps to the side, comes right, he hits you with four in front of you, and as you drop you, as you pull your guard down to try and step away or retreat or even counter, suddenly he's on your he's he's 90 degrees to your right hand side or your left hand side, hitting you with another four shots. That's the thing that Lomachenko's got. That's why I think, and I wholeheartedly believe, and I will reiterate once again, that's why this guy is the best pound for pound boxer on the planet. The best for me is the guy who's technically um, good at everything, got lots of power, got lots of... The, the great thing about him as well, this is something else I picked up on Saturday night, the greats of the of the, of the the modern era, you know, you're probably talking about the likes of, I don't know, James Tonys and Mayweathers and, you know, all, the, all these guys that... Roy Jones Jr., all these guys that have dominated over, over my lifetime, if you like, my period. Whenever they got up close, 
most of these guys would would, would tie up. In the, Mayweather was famous for it. You get too close to Floyd, he ties you up, waits for the referee to say break, breaks apart, gets his space again, tucks behind his left shoulder. Yep. All those guys are great like that. He tie up on the inside. But, you know, from a fan's perspective, that's not that exciting. Lomachenko doesn't do that. He doesn't tie up on the inside. He fights on the inside, and he fights really well on the inside as well. Mm. At no point was he tying Walters up on the inside. At no point was the referee coming and saying break, and he was getting a little rest and not allowing Walters to work. He was letting him work on the inside. Lomachenko was just working better. He was just better in every single area. And I think he's, he, for me, he's categorically now the, the best in this weight class, super featherweight. You know, I'd love to see him move up to lightweight now. I think there's some great fights up there at lightweight. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what he's got there. But you know the fight I want. You know the fight that I want to see happen because it's the fight that sets Lomachenko He apart. needs it, doesn't he? He it's needs the that name. name. He needs, of course he does. He needs Manny Pacquiao. Yeah. And Manny's talked about coming down and making the weight. I think if they, if they were to meet halfway, if they were to meet at lightweight, what a sensational fight that would be. And that for me, would be the moment that Lomachenko really breaks through. Because you reckon he'll school him, don't you? Rank. You reckon, I, I you reckon yeah. Lomachenko takes the mick out of him? I, I think Lomachenko schools Pacquiao, yeah. I really do. I think he does a better job on Pacquiao than Mayweather did. I think it'd be a far more entertaining fight than a second Mayweather fight. Listen, we've seen Mayweather frustrate, dominate, and completely outpoint Manny Pacquiao. That ain't going to change just because Mayweather's had time off. This guy, Lomachenko, does a completely different job on, on, Mayweather, on Pacquiao. This guy is new, he's fresh, he's young, he's keen, and this guy takes Pacquiao apart, and I would bet on a late stoppage once again for Lomachenko against Pacquiao. That's the fight he needs. But the, the amazing thing is, he's with top rank. We've just seen on Saturday that top rank were quite happy to put Lomachenko in with Walters. Both of their top guys, their two best, best super featherweights. Yep. So, you know, if Bob Arnum can make it happen, he's the guy that could, you know, he's the guy holding all the keys here. And if, you know, if Manny fancies it, we've got to make it happen. That's the big fight out there for me. If Mayweather Pacquiao doesn't yeah. happen, that's the fight. I think it's got to happen next as well. It's got to happen in the next six months. I don't think you can go 12, 18 months, especially with the age of Manny Pacquiao and the weight that he's got to drop in order to get down to 135 pounds to fight Lomachenko. Yeah. I think it's got to happen relatively soon. It's not something that's happening in two, three years' time. No, unless unless you see Manny say fighter, uh, you know, like fighter uh, Amir Khan or something like that, take another fight potentially down more of a light welter type fight, mm. and we see Lomachenko go in with someone like you know uh, Terry, maybe you know Terry. Well, Terry wants Flanagan. it. Terry said that he wants it. Yeah, but you know what? Because he needs it. We'll, we'll, see that. we'll get to we'll get to him in a minute, but because he needs something as well, doesn't he? That could be a nice little mix. Of course it is, yeah. And, uh, you know, it was good that he called him out. You know, he also called out, of course, Linares, yeah. uh, which was good to hear. We talked about that on last week's show, that we want to see him fight Linares in Manchester. I think either of those fights are perfect for, for Terry Flanagan. Do a, You know, I think he's... Obviously, I think anybody against you think Lomachenko everybody's out of their struggle. depth. You think yeah, everybody's out of their depth against there's, there's Lomachenko. nobody. There's nobody in and around that weight class. The All right, then let me give you something. Let, let me give you something then, right? Because this is this is where it's at. So we both want Manny Pacquiao. I, I, yeah. I, like you've just said, I think it's the most entertaining fight. If Manny can get down to lightweight to make that, and and Lomachenko can step up, let's get that on because I want to see that before Manny calls it a proper day and stops coming back from retirement. Yeah, but then well, that's his last fight. That's his last fight. For but, me. but then there's two others, right? For me, that strike straight away. There's the WBC uh, BC champion Francisco Vargas. I, th- yeah. I don't, I, d- I don't think that'll happen. The reason why I don't think that happens is because I think Vargas is with De La Hoya, right? If De La Hoya is not prepared to put Canelo in with Triple G, he ain't putting Vargas in with Lomachenko, right? No. That ain't going to happen because he, he'll lose his belt. There's no way, right? He'll, he'll get spangled. The other one, and he's making a lot of noise on social media, is Rigo, Guillermo Rigondao. He wants it, yeah. yeah. He wants to step up in weight. Now, two technical Olympians. How does that match up? That could be, in a way, every, the purists would go, oh, mate, Rigo against Loma, let's make it happen. It could actually stink the place out because Rigo doesn't really engage. Bob Arum's actually even come out and says, why would we make that fight? Because Rigo doesn't have an audience. Nobody wants to watch him because he's boring. Exactly, and that's the problem, you see. At the end of the day, this is, this is show business, as we talk about all the time as well. And Rigondo just isn't show business. Nobody wants to, he's, he's right, Bob Arum's right. Nobody wants to watch Rigondo fight. He's boring. He spoils his way through fights and yeah. he try and spoil his way through a fight against Lomachenko. He would make Lomachenko look bad like he makes everyone look bad. I think Lomachenko wins the fight, don't get me wrong, but I don't think it's entertaining. I just don't see... Rigondo's like the... It's like the way Costa 2 used to be, except Costa 2 was, was entertaining. He was the power of power. But nobody wants Rigondo. Nobody needs Rigondo. You know what I mean? He's, he's made himself this, this fighter that nobody wants to watch 
and nobody wants to fight because he brings nothing to the table. Mm. So it doesn't surprise me that Rogondo's popping up saying he wants to fight. They would think that there's absolutely no chance that's going to happen because Lomachenko's a surging star, whereas you know Rogondo's not worth not worth the potty pisses in. And just on that, you mentioned Kosuzu, which kind of brings me back nicely to Nicholas Walters, right, and quitting. Yeah. We, we were both there when Ricky Atten and Kosuzu, that big defining night, yeah? Of course. Massive defining night, and everybody remembers um, Kosuzu quit that night. He said, no more, I don't want no more. But it was the style of which he said no more. He's just, exactly. he's, he's, it was a hell of a fight. That fight gave the fans everything that the fans came to watch. Okay, it was a big defining night for Ricky Hatton. There's a way that you quit. I have no problem with quitting. I don't want to see any fighter get hurt. We're going to talk about getting hurt in a minute, we about Nick Blackwell. We've yeah, got our yeah. opinions on that. We don't want to see anybody get hurt. But give us everything you've got, man. Yeah, go exactly. in and give us everything you've got. What, what next for Nicholas Walters now then? Where can he go now? Especially in a world title fight. You know, Especially when you're undefeated. A, you're an undefeated world, guy. On the world title fight, you know, you go out on your shield, don't you? You have a little bit of a little bit of pride in your work and then you know, afterwards he was saying, Oh, me in the corner, you know, we decided that's that nonsense. Been out too that's long. that's that was, pissed me that, off as well because it was corner, in the you could, exactly his corner were like trying to talk him into the fight. But he he'd obviously just been so embarrassed by Lomachenko, he'd felt so exposed. Out of his depth, yeah. Yeah, completely out of his depth, you know. But that the point is if his mind's right, it doesn't matter that uh, you, you. We said it before. Doesn't matter that he's lost seven rounds. Doesn't matter that he loses eleven rounds. The fact that Walters has got the kind of punch that can put someone to sleep with one hit means that he should always be in the fight. He should always keep himself in the fight because you just don't know. You just don't know when that shot's going to land. If all it takes is one punch, that's that. That was the heartbreaking thing. That was the disappointing thing for me. Obviously. I said a, a stoppage for Lomachenko down the stretch as well, so I would have liked another round or two just to be absolutely <laughs> bob on this week. Like it was absolutely spot on when I predicted Conor McGregor's we're gonna finish get, as well. We're so. going to get a betting sponsor for this podcast, right? And we're gonna <laughs> Make call a fortune. It, yeah, we're going to call it Nick's Picks and everybody's yeah. going to make a boatload of cash because exactly. you are the can, guru at the moment, mate. Can we get matching white Porsches? <laughs> <laughs> High tech though, man. We need to work on his, his nickname, don't we? Yeah. Every time I see his nickname, I just think of them shite trainers from the Asda. <laughs> or did, where did he sell them now? Giacomo, probably. <laughs> but your Giacomo sell high-tech now, don't they? We need a new name for Lomachenko. Maybe that's what we do this week. Ask all our listeners. to It is on social media. We need to think of a new name for Vasily Lomachenko. You know what the problem is? Maybe in the Ukraine, high-tech are the bollocks. <laughs> high-tech might be like Nike Air Max or some shit like that. <laughs> Oh dear. He's rocking round in high tech. We're thinking he's a fucking Pez. <laughs> but he's the bollocks in the Ukraine, man. Exactly, yeah. High tech, I'm sure they're on the shelf at soccer sports next to those blouse Lonsdales <laughs> with the no laces on. <laughs> You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Now in Cardiff on Saturday night, Terry Flanagan defended his WBO lightweight crown uh, against Orlando Cruz. This was obviously what we were giving tickets away for uh, on last week's show. Yeah, um, there were some top fights on this particular bill. There were a lot of fights that were scheduled to be on this particular bill that we're all excited about. Um, on Friday's show coming up this week, we will preview eventually. Fingers crossed. If Billy Joe Saunders does make a ring walk at some point in 2016, we'll talk about it on Friday's show. He was originally on this. He had to pull out because of paperwork for his opponent. We know about Ahmet Patterson getting whacked over the head with a brick. Yeah, gobshites. Yeah, absolutely. Absolute scumbags. And uh, they, that missed out on that tremendous fight with Liam Williams, who, by the way, I think he's absolutely tremendous at this moment in time. He's on a right run. We'll get to him in a minute. Yeah. I just want to go right to the top of the bill. Terry Flanagan. Orlando Cruz, from the moment this started, you could normally when there's um, a difference in weight, because Orlando Cruz stepped up in weight, yeah. Yeah. You could just see the size differential between these massive, men. Absolutely massive. huge. And I just thought to myself, this it's either not going to last longer, it's just going to be so one sided, it's a joke. And it was so one sided. I thought Terry was you can only beat what's in front of you. Of there was a massive class difference between these two guys. He needs a real challenge now, Terry. We need to stop messing about. He's 32-0. and 0. We need to stop messing about. Get him in with some top, top gunners, as we were talking about last week. Yeah, you know, I've got to be honest. I was I, I was the same, you know. I, my heart dropped kind of thing once once they touched gloves in the middle of the ring. And I was just like, this guy's going to get, the, you know, he's just going to get absolutely wiped out. Don't get me wrong. I thought it was a wicked weekend for, for Box Nation and for Frank Warren. Three events, you know. Friday, sat then two on Saturday night, obviously with Lomachenko later on. Some some amazing fights, but this was uh, 
this was a mismatch from the very beginning, to be honest with you. And I was just delighted, as we touched on it there, I'm just delighted that Terry, at the end of the fight, was actually calling out some proper fights. Yeah. You know, because... Uh, he needs he's, it, man. He's, he's he needs the, it. Exactly. You know, when you're 30, 30 fights unbeaten, you don't want to be... You don't need to be defending your world title against Orlando Cruz. No. You know, it wasn't like a you know a Manchester Arena homecoming, thanks to the fans, you know, yeah. fill, the, fill the bank balance event. This was headlining events out in Cardiff, you know. How do you, how do you inspire the Welsh fans to come again if, you know, they're getting one-sided title fights? That, that was really disappointing. I don't, the thing is, I, I, think, I think Frank's a little bit frustrated, yeah, because I think Frank Warren wants to make those big fights. Terry Flanagan wants the big fights, but I, I think a lot of people are trying to avoid him, you know. There's, oh, 100%. A, there's, there's, a lot, there's a lot of champions that are tied up. For example, yeah, at the end of that fight, they mentioned Linares. We mentioned Linares last week. We would love to see Terry Flanagan, Jorge Linares yeah. in Manchester. Of course we would. However, Frank did announce, well, he didn't announce it. We knew anyway that the um, the uh, rematch clause has been activated between Crawler and Linares. And rightfully so. Crawler yeah. deserves a rematch, man. It was a great fight and he deserves it. So that's out the window, yeah? The WBA yeah. is out the window. You've then got Zlatan Canin taking on Mackie Garcia, uh, next year, so that's WBC out the way, you know. Then you've uh, then you've got other fighters that they're mentioning in and around that would that would whet the appetite of the fan. And one of those guys was Luke Campbell. His name's been mentioned a couple of times. But then I, I go on social media and thinking, right, well, Luke will have watched that. He will have seen it. What's the reaction to it? Mm-hmm. And Luke's talking about fighting Scotty Cardle for the British cha- uh, Championship. So I'm thinking. He can't get a break, can Terry, man? He needs he needs a he needs a fight, but nobody nobody's willing to put their hand up and get in the ring with him. Yeah, it's weird. It's uh, you know I think he's as frustrated as, as we are as fan, are fans of Terry, Terry Flanagan. You know we want to see him in bigger fights. We want to see him tested. You know he, he's had it all his own way a little bit too long. Hopefully the you know the BT Sport coming in, coming involved with uh, with with Warren's promotion and stuff. Hopefully that's going to help because hopefully that makes the pot to entice mm. other champions and, and other top contenders a little bit higher. But listen, there's a good one. Why not take Terry over to the US? Why not let him fight over in the US on a big bill over there? I think that would do him the world a good. I know he's just signed a new deal with Frank. That, that would really open up the you know open him up as a potential bigger name to the American audience, and he's got more chance then of, of luring somebody over. Uh, there's that kid that's got the, the IBF title at Barthelemy. The kid who fights out of Las Vegas, the mm. Cuban kid, you know, someone like that would be a, would be a cracking opponent for Terry because Terry's work rate and the fact that he's so fit and strong, you know, you, there's not a, there's not a lightweight in there that you wouldn't it's want to put him sh- in with anyway. It's such a shame that he has to do that though, isn't it? You know what I mean? He's the, he's the WBO champion. He should be able to. We mentioned this on last week's show about being able to command that audience in Manchester, but sadly because of maybe TV platforms up until this point of his career, he's not been able to build that audience. And if you were to say who's the bigger lightweight at this moment in time uh, in the UK, Anthony Crawler or uh, Terry Flanagan, nine, nine out of ten boxing fans would probably go Anthony Crawler because Anthony Crawler sells tickets even though he no longer has the WBO uh, World Championship belt under, under right. his tutelage. And nine out of ten boxing fans right, would probably say Luke Campbell's a bigger star than him yeah. as well. And Luke Campbell hasn't even got a world title. So this is what Terry's got. You know, it's got to be a real... He's got to really push hard to change his image and promote himself much more. And obviously, I'm sure Frank's team will be more aware of that than anything else. But we need Terry Flanagan in meaningful fights in 2017 as fans, but also for Terry Flanagan himself. Otherwise, the kid's just going to run out. You know, he's just going to get, he's just going to get bored, isn't he? You know, because he, putting him in with the types of opponents that he's in at the weekend, you know, he's, he has tougher spars, doesn't he? The yeah. Orlando Cruz. He works harder than in the gym, I'm sorry to say. So, you know, it was a... Uh, it was a weird event that on Saturday night, as you say, so many letdowns, and then you know uh, with that at the top of the bill, it wasn't. Uh, I preferred, to be honest, I preferred fight Frank's card on Friday night. I thought that was uh, that was a tastier event. Well, on that card in Cardiff, um, your boy Tom Stoker, the captain, sadly missed out, mate. He lost his belt, uh, yeah. and for me, that was probably fight of the night against uh, Craig Evans. To be fair, we knew that it would be fight of the night. These guys are so evenly matched. We've had two draws previously between the two of them. Um, uh, but this time he lost out and I've got to say mate you know what I mean I know he's your pal but he deserved to lose out I thought Evans home crowd he rose to the occasion yes there was a lot of even rounds early but from maybe four onwards Evans just put his foot down and he just took it away from Tom and it was just too much for him to claw back in the later rounds he he did come on strong again later on he's a fit kid he is he's super fit Tom you know and he's got a massive heart as well and uh, you know that was a, a typical 
resilience from him down the stretch. But you're right, you know, I think the fight run away from him in the middle of rounds, unfortunately. And to be honest, I, I always knew this was, I kind of had the feeling this was going to happen in terms of, you know, he's fought Craig Evans twice before. Yeah. They've, they've fought to a majority draw twice before. <laughs> I always had the feeling that one of them isn't going to turn up at on, some point, yeah. At some point. Mm. And that's the one who's going to come short. And for me, Craig Evans did turn up. Home and, fans, uh, mate. He loved exactly, it. Exactly. They, yeah. they really they, rose they, for him. Re- they really made the difference, I thought, you know. And uh, I think in the middle rounds, they really rallied for him. And, you know, again, we, we've touched on it previously. Tom just lacks that little bit of power, doesn't he, mm. to, to fend them off in the middle rounds. And I thought that was the problem. Liam Williams is another one that um, I was gutted for at the weekend because Ahmet Patterson would have been a really good test. Um, in the welterweight division. And a lot of people before, obviously, um, what happened to Ahmet last Monday night when he was attacked um, doing his road work, um, we're talking that the winner of this fight will probably go on to fight Liam Smith, which yeah. which which whets the appetite because the kid, all right, everybody listening to this podcast might think to themselves, well, Liam Smith will batter him because we know Liam Smith, Liam Smith, former world champion, all this type of stuff. And he might do, he might do because Liam Smith has been in with the likes of you Canelos and all these type of chaps, right? However... Liam Williams isn't to be underestimated. He's an extremely exciting fighter at this moment in time. You might not know him, you might not know too much about him, but he's on an eight straight knockout win yeah. at this moment in time. He comes to bang, he can bang, he's taking people out, everything that's in front of him he's taking care of. Okay, at the weekend you think to yourself, I don't know too much about his opponent, which I didn't, it was a last gasp opponent, but yeah. he had to step up. It's a, it's a European Championship belt, he stepped up, he's taken... He's taken uh, what he needed to do out of the fight. How, how far realistically would you say that Liam Smith is away from him? Um, it, it depends. They've got the same promoter. Of course, yeah, yeah. It wouldn't. Uh, it certainly wouldn't be a difficult fight to make. Obviously, Liam himself's looking to jump back into world title class sooner rather than later. But this is a perfect opponent for him to, you know, to 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 feel his way into 2017, if you like. And I'm sure, as you say, Liam Williams would 100% jump at any opportunity like that to put himself in world-class. You know, right now, I think Beefy's obviously a couple of steps ahead of this. I think he is, but because of what Beefy's coming off the back of, do you think that this fight could actually get made at the start of next year? I think 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 the timing of it just could fall in Liam Williams' favour here. Yeah, I completely agree. You know, I think it's, uh, you know, if the... If they can't secure a world title fight for Liam, I know that's what Frank and the team are, you know, are desperately trying to do, get him straight back into world title class. But if they can't, this is certainly an opponent that makes sense. You know, Williams comes to fight, he would be a tough, tough assignment for anybody. And uh, you know, it's one of them that Liam Smith couldn't take his eye off the ball. So yeah, this is a certainly a potential for 2017. And if not, then it's down to Liam Williams to keep winning and to keep pushing himself in the keep himself in the frame because. Once Beefy gets a belt back around his waist again, you know, this this guy's got, going to be at the front of the queue when they're looking at um, voluntary defences. The um, It is going to be interesting to see what happens with Frank uh, negotiating for Liam Smith there because capitalising on what happened with Canelo, all right, he got de- he got defeated, yeah, but you've got to capitalise on it. You've gone to an American audience, a huge American audience, Mexican audience, everybody's seen him. Yeah, Capitalise on it. I'm backtracking on my own thoughts now. It might, if it all falls through, yes, Liam Williams probably could be the next one and it falls beautifully timing-wise for Liam Williams. But for Liam Smith timing-wise, I think it's important that he capitalises on what he's just done in America. Yeah, exactly. You've got your Charlo twins, you've got Erisande Lara in that weight category that have got belts. He could go in there. Lara's a test. I think he beats both Charlos, you know. 100%. Yeah, completely agree. He's got to push to try and make that fight and capitalise on what happened against Canelo. That's what I mean. I think that's what's probably working against Liam Williams at the moment. You know, the fact that you don't want to fight Canelo Alvarez and then suddenly come yeah. come back down to earth and fight and fight Liam Williams because the, the kid will come to fight. You know, that's a real fight. The only way I think that happens is if one of the Charlo, you know, if if the other world title belts are tied up, but the negotiations are looking towards a late spring, early summer opportunity for Beefy Smith, then he might go. You know what? Let's take Liam Williams in Liverpool, say January, February. You know, we'll get we'll get a, a what they will see as a, a solid, tough warm up towards a world title fight, and that obviously that's Liam Williams' opportunity for Christmas to come early for him. So, uh, yeah, that's it. The great thing was Liam Williams put himself in the frame, didn't he, at the weekend? He, he didn't let his head drop when his opponent fell out. He didn't con- concern himself with it. He turned up, 
He'd done a professional job. Yeah. He got yet another finish in the bank. And we're, talk- we're all talking about him now as a potential you know, fringe world title contender. So good on him. Uh, on Frank's card in Brentwood on Friday night, what stood out for you? Uh, 100% Boy Jones Jr. Class, um, wasn't he? He, he was, was very good, yeah. Very good. Um, I really like. that And his opponent, kid. Hillman, was, uh, he came, man. He came to fight. Yeah, well, I've, to be honest, I've seen Boy Jones fight a couple of times now on TV. I'm yet to see him fight in the flesh. I'm yeah, looking same. forward to seeing it. I thought that was his best performance that I've seen him so far. He really stood out. But yeah, listen, I like to doth thy cap at myself, but I'll doth thy cap towards Martin Hillman this week because, tell you what, that kid, man, he turned up like that was his world title fight. Yeah. And I love that. You know, I, I spoke about it recently. I was saying, I, I'm old school. I love it when people go Southern area title, English title, British all right, all right, title, Commonwealth right, title, granddad. European, old school. And Martin Hillman approached that fight, that Southern area title fight, like it was his world title fight, like he was never going to get a chance at anything else, like this was his one opportunity in life, and he was going to give it everything he got. And I thought that was sensational, you know. And I know I was. There's two ways to look at it, really, because I, I enjoyed the fight because it was fantastic, and Hillman deserved every credit in the world. Should he have gone the full 10 rounds? No, and yeah. here's why. I thought Hillman's corner should have pulled him out after about six rounds. Boy Jones Jr. was winning every round. You know, I don't think that was... I, I think even Hillman's corner could see that much, that their guy was being outclassed. But Hillman was taking it to him. His head was on his chest. He was thumping away. He was taking all these big shots, but he was coming back and countering. And foolishly, I think that's why they left him in the fight. But he didn't have the power mm. at any stage that he would rock um, Ben Jones. At any point, did he rock him to the point where you thought, like, oh God, he might get it? You know, it wasn't like a you know a, a Nicholas Walters yeah. situation where I'll oh, keep him in because he could knock this kid out at any point. There's no way Hillman was going to knock him out. He just didn't have the power, and certainly when it got to about five or six rounds, it, it, as m- amazing as his cardio was. He was running out of gas. And at that point, I thought, right, this is where you pull him out now because he's got stuff left in the tank. He'll come back the corner and be completely pissed off that you've pulled him out because he feels like he's doing well. But it was just slipping away at that point. That was the point to pull him out because, listen, Boy Jones Jr. isn't going to be sudden area champion for long. That kid's destined for great things. So that kid moves on to an English or even a British title fight in his next two or three fights. And the vacant Southern area belt once again becomes vacant. And that's when Martin Hillman, who fought like it's... That's when you put him back in for it. But this time you put him in against someone that, you know, is, is it's kind of up and coming. Yeah, yeah, more of an even matchup. Because the performance he put in, I tell you now, every one of Frank Warren's offers would have pat that kid on the back like we all did as fans because of his performance was sensational. And they'd have rewarded him and they may still do it they may reward him by pushing the board to get him back in for his sudden area title fight and let him follow because the commentary was saying his great grandfather his grandfather once held it let him follow in his family footsteps you could see that in Hillman that's what he wanted more than anything just to win that belt the problem is the problem I've got with it is his corner left him in there from round 6 to 10 and in those four rounds... He deteriorated rounds, a lot. He, he deteriorated terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Took a bit of a beating. And, you know, it's in a time when fight sports is becoming under the spotlight for head injuries and, and long-term brain trauma, I was watching rounds 8, 9 and 10, and I'm thinking, God, man, just just take him out of there now because he's taken unnecessary head trauma. And I don't know what the long-term effects on Hillman will be in that regard, you know, bring him back, let him fight for the sudden area down the line, then he can then he can retire and go, yeah, I followed in my family's footsteps. That was the only thing that upset me about that fight. But the fight itself, brilliant. Boy Jones, shooting star, Hillman, tough as old boots. And uh again, that was the, the for me that was the like the perfect start to the to the Friday, you know, to the weekend's action. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Uh, now, before we get stuck into the news of the week, which involves obviously the announcement of Hair Bellew and uh, everything that's been happening with uh, Nick Blackwell, um, there was uh, a bit of action from Matchroom as well uh, yep. over the weekend. I wasn't too enamoured by a lot of the fights. The one that everybody was talking about was obviously Katie Taylor's professional debut. I've seen her so many times as an amateur through the Olympics, and sadly this time around, obviously she failed at the first hurdle in uh, in 2016. I'm more familiar with what she was doing in 2012. However, I tell you something, mate. I don't know if you caught it, but she is unbelievable. Footwork sensational. She's in and out in a flash. Her, her shot selection is something else to the body, to the head. The way that she mixes it up, I'm like 
first pro fight. This kid's going to be multi-weight world champion. No question. Yeah, I see, I've seen a box in the Olympics. Obviously, I've seen a box against much better opponents than this one on Saturday night. So, to be honest... Yeah, it's a showcase. This is, like, never, okay, uh, let's not get carried away. It's a I, showcase. I never, yeah, I wasn't... Uh, to be honest, I watched that fight late. I didn't even watch it live because I had no interest in seeing Katie Taylor beat the shit out of some girl I've never heard of. And then when I watched the replay... Uh, I that's exactly what happened. On Sunday lunch, that's exactly what happened, you know, so... Uh, listen, I ain't going to rattle on about quality of opponents for former Olympic gold medalists because I've fucking done that enough over the last couple of weeks. You know how I feel about it. That girl had no business being in the ring with Katie Taylor. It's good that she fights again on December the 10th and they've put it in with a girl who's got a 9-1 and record. That's probably a bit more mm. a bit more what she needs to be doing. But yeah, you know, listen, get excited, man. Get, everyone should get excited. Katie Taylor's absolutely the bees and he's... You know, she's she's an outstanding boxing talent. And I'm not just talking about the women's division. Of of, of any sex, she yeah, is yeah, an yeah. absolutely outstanding superstar. She will become a, a female boxing world champion for what that's worth. You know, what is that worth these days? I don't know. But uh but yeah, I wasn't I wasn't that I certainly wasn't surprised by a performance on Saturday night, but uh, in in, uh, in at Wembley Arena. I'm just looking forward. I'm more interested in seeing a fight in Manchester on mm. December the 10th against the girl that's going to have some kind of ability. Uh, also on that bill, Anthony Yard carried on knocking dudes out. It's ferocious uh, body shot. Again, not a surprise. But this is all going to come down to opponent. All our chat on this particular bill is going to come down to opponent and, and level of opponent. Uh, yeah. O'Hara Davis was the main man on that particular card. He's got a bit of a slagging, you know, uh, on social media. But as far as I'm concerned, a win's a win. And if your jab's winning, if your jab's winning you the fight and keeping you at distance and stopping you from getting smacked in the face, why would you not carry on using it? Why would you recklessly just go in there and start tornadoing? There's no need. You might as well just keep people at arm's length and jab the blooming head off. Exactly, yeah. I thought his jab was, I think you're absolutely bang on. His jab was sensational and he marches on. He's got himself a I think he's WBC 14 wins now, silver it? belt now. I think he's 13 or 14 and 0. Yeah, yeah. Kid looks like a star. But I thought the best fight on that bill was uh, John Wayne Hibbert against Martin Gethin. Of course it was, man. I thought that was a belter of a fight. Absolutely brilliant. For Hibbert to come back the way he did and uh, and get the stoppage like that, I thought was uh, was mustard. You know, I thought Gethin was running away with it at one point. And uh, I thought that was a belter of a fight. Both those guys, again, put themselves right in the frame for something a bit bigger. And both of them have been around for quite a long time as well. You know, it's uh, it was a real good, seemed like a real good crossroads fight. And I th- prior to it, I was thinking, whoever loses this kind of drops drops right off for me. But it was that good a fight. You'd like to see both of them get more opportunities in the future. This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store. There's been quite a lot of news this week. Obviously, the announcement of various fights. But the big news that everybody seemed to be talking about around fighting and fight sports on Saturday night was obviously the news of uh, Nick Blackwell not being in Liam Williams' co- uh, corner. The reason why he wasn't in his corner, as he was scheduled to do so in Cardiff, is because he'd ended up in hospital. Um, at the time of us recording this particular show, he has been operated on. He's uh, He was sedated. He's been taken out of sedation and he's supposed to be recovering quite well. And I'm sure everybody in the boxing family... Every fight disciple wishes him all the best with recovery. However, mm. when I heard this news, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Are you absolutely kidding me? My first my first thought and the first word that I used, right, regard, and it was towards Nick Blackwell, was selfish. I thought, your family have just been through the shit, mate, right, with, with everything mm. that happened to you. This isn't a game. He knows it's not a game. We know it's not a game. Every fighter that steps through the ring gets my respect because this ain't a game. You're risking life and limb when you get in there to make yourself a few quid for you and your family. He went through hell. He nearly lost his life. He come through it. He got lucky. He's lost his license because of his injuries. Yeah. Do all these... Did they have a charity night to raise yeah, money Yeah, he, he raised a boatload of cash. People donating the purses. I think even David Hay on his, one of his O2 things donated a, a load of money to him and all this type of stuff because he can't fight again. Don't give me these arguments on social media, right, that... Oh, it's a fighter's spirit. It's still in him and all that type of stuff. Yeah, it is. But so's alcohol for alcoholics. Yeah. Exactly. It could kill you. You yeah. don't get back in. It's as simple as that. You do not get back in. And as far as I'm concerned, and I've read loads of stuff on it this week, as far as I'm concerned, for those people that were involved in that, if you're the sparring partner, if you're in that gym, if you're sanctioning this, if you're telling him that this is okay, you deserve to have your license taken off you. Because that is absolute bullshit. You put that guy's life on the line. 
even more so than any other fighter that steps through the ropes. Yeah, I'd seen a good mate of mine as well, Gary Lockett, his, his, his former trainer, yeah. of course. He, he, he knew nothing about it, did he? He knew nothing about it, no, he was nowhere near it. But I'd seen it, he'd started to get a bit of stick on social media, first from fans, and I was thinking, even when I didn't know that he wasn't involved, I, I you there's know, there's no way I Gary to put him through. There's absolutely no way on God's earth Gary Lockett would have had anything to do with that. You know, he's obviously doing it behind closed doors. He's, I don't know who he's doing it with, but you're right. And what Frank Warren said this week was absolutely bang on as well. There needs to be an investigation by the Border Control. You know, the Border Control need to, for this instant, you know, so many times we say, get your fingers out your arse and make it happen. But this is one where we can't let this one fly. We can't let this one just go under the radar. There needs to be an investigation. Whichever gym it was in needs to be shut down. Whichever opponent he was sparring with needs to be thrown out of the sport. It, it's absolutely disgusting, and as you say, you know Nick Nick Blackwell's a, a grown man, and he can make and his own decisions. He's a good lad. We've spoken he is to a good him. Lad. He's yeah, a good he guy. Is. He's a good guy. Well, I just don't understand what he's doing. And you're right. You know, you're ex- exactly, Bob. I'm making that comparison between alcoholics. If you're an alcoholic and your life is saved because you know you've, you've had you, a liver you basically pickled yeah, yeah. yourself and yeah, had yeah. a liver trying, you it's clear. You can never drink again. That's it. You just got to make a lifestyle change. Nick Blackwell can never fight again. He's just got to make a lifestyle change. As Gary Locker come out and said, if you want to be involved, go and train to be a coach. Yeah. Go and train to do anything. Be a cutman. Do any referee. You know, we could do it. Some ex-fighters as referees. Go and do something. I'm sure the border control will support you. Just don't ever put the gloves on again. It's absolutely crazy. I can only imagine how his family felt oh, when man. they found out he was back in hospital again. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Crazy. Moving on from that, we've given our two P's worth on that particular story. Um, yeah. Our mate. <laughs> wow, man. Wow. Honestly, for people that are listening to this, they know full well that we're very biased towards Tony Bellew, mainly because Nick's his mate, yeah? And he's been on this show and he's been very supportive of what we do. So obviously we're going to gravitate towards that. On Friday afternoon... I just get, I have a day off Friday. I don't really do much Friday. I have a little bit of a chill, yeah. I've got the family at home and all this type of stuff. My phone's buzzing like fuck on Friday. I'm thinking, what's going on here? <laughs> the top message was from Nick. Nick goes, Bell you, hey, it is on. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone straight to the TV. I flicked on Sky Sports. He's there. They're there in the living room, right? Tony's there calling him all sorts <laughs> under the sun. David A's sat there taking all this abuse and dishing a bit back, calling him a bell end and all this type of stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, are you kidding me? Is, what? What has happened here? I had a little bit of a nosy round and obviously find out the story behind it. And I think, outstanding. Outstanding. How many times have we been on this show saying, if you want to get yourself a big payday, if you want to make yourself a few quid and get yourself that big fight in boxing, shoot your mouth off. Exactly. Shoot your mouth off, make fans arsed, make people bothered, make people want to see whatever it is that you're talking about. Tony Bell, you mate, you get a round of applause from me, brother. Absolutely sensational. A lot of people slagging it off. It's a mismatch and all this type of stuff. Is it? I don't know if it's a mismatch, but I don't give a shit. I want to see the fight. Exactly. Exactly. Listen. This ain't show friends, this is show <laughs> business. At the end of the day, it's about making dough. Bell, listen, Bellu's achieved his dreams. He fought at Goodison Park and won the WBC world title belt. That dream of becoming world champion, that aspiration that he's chased his entire life is done. Tick that box. What's next? What do you want him to do? Defenders cruiserweight belt against a plethora of Eastern European monsters for a fraction of the money. He gets for fighting David Hay. He fights David Hay in a pay-per-view event live on Sky. At the O2. At the O2 Arena. By the way, tickets went on sale on Monday morning to yeah. uh, to uh, fan members or whatever it was. Like a restricted... Yeah, the fight pass thing, don't they? Yeah. 40 seconds, it was sold out. The whole restriction had sold out. So now it's only the public sale to come later in the week. And I'm sure that'll sell out just as quickly as well. People want to see this fight. Whether you, whether you think Hay's going to blow him away in five minutes or not, doesn't matter. We're all going to tune in. You know why? You went to Hollywood and failed. You no, exactly. It's a good line. It's a good line from Hey. That to be fair. You want to be me, lads? Exactly. Exactly. Because he was in the jungle saying he'd love to be in a Rocky film. It's like it's all these narratives are just coming out. And listen, Tony Bell, you as you pointed out, a dear friend of mine. You know, literally one of my closest pals, an absolute diamond. He's a good boy. 
But I, I know David well as well. You know, back when David Hay had his own promotion, they mm. make promotions, and they came to Liverpool and did a show. I did a little bit of PR work for them and stuff. And he's a good mate of Doddy, isn't he? He's a good yeah, mate of Tony Dodson. Really close to Tony Dodson. But I was on a night out with David Hay in town, went clubbing with him and all kinds of stuff. I know David. He's a really nice guy yeah, as yeah. well. Really nice guy. But listen, this is this is not about. That's not what this is about. This is about two guys who will who will put it all on the line. Whether you think Bellew's out of his depth, whether you think he's doing it for the money or not, so what? What do you expect? If you were, if you were in your job, whatever job you work as, yeah. and they said to you, listen, you can keep doing your job for the same money you're on now for you the can next have 10 one years. one night for a couple of million or, quid, you fancy it. Exactly. Or we'll put you on five times the amount of wages, but you've got to do the toughest job in this field. Once. One exactly. You're gonna do it. Of course you're gonna do it. Because you're gonna think, you know what? I don't have to work again after that. That's me done. Bellew's just trying to achieve as much as he can, look after his family, make the biggest fights he can. Okay, so that's Bellew ticked. Yes, that's why you're doing it. Why is David Hay took the fight? I'll tell you why he's taking the fight. Because David Hay needs to get back in the heavyweight title picture. Does he want to go in there with some big again, some big monsters? Eastern Europeans or Pavokin or some other drug cheat or something like that who's he's going to be a, or does he try and get himself in with a, with someone who's a seller in the UK that's that talks a good talk that's got a big fight that there's a real narrative behind also Bellew's a star on Sky David Hay presently is fighting on Dave as we know he needs to get back on Sky to leverage a fight with Anthony Joshua He's got to get back on Skype view. It had to be a Eddie Hearn fighter. Listen, it, it just—it's a perfect storm mm. for everybody. Perfect storm, and you know, it's a close fight. Both these guys are six foot three. I know David's a lot wider. David's obviously save got it, that save huge. It. Save the prediction. Save it. Save Adonis it. Save body. <laughs> Bellew's got functional muscle. It's functional muscle. That's how I like to describe it. Okay, it doesn't look like an Adonis. It's functional muscle. Before, before we're not going to get into how we think this is going to go until no, no, later there's plenty the of time, plenty of time because this ain't happening until March. But what I will ask you about is, uh, it has been announced that there is no upper weight limit. There is no upper weight limit. They can just fight at whatever weight they want to fight at. Yeah, well, it's heavyweight, isn't it? So yeah, exactly. this is one but, of the first but things. But a lot of people were saying that they would they would have catch weighted it. A lot of people were saying that. Yeah, exactly. But they're not capping it. It's you can do whatever you want, which is bell you all over. You know, because, you know, if it was me, if I was his manager, I'd have capped David Hay. I'd have said, 100%. this is what you're weighing in and this is what you've got to be on the night. We don't want you no bigger than this. The fact that Bellew's on pff, heavyweight, whatever, let's do it. There's probably going to be about £20, a good £20 difference on the night. Maybe even more. Yeah. Because, listen, I think, I expect David Hay to be as biggest he's ever been. Because he's fighting the smallest guy he's fought since he left the cruiserweight division. I don't expect Bellew to go huge. Just you know, over, I think. Just over. I don't think he'd be massive. No, I think he'd probably put about twenty pound on himself yeah, yeah. to compare to he- what but, he was. But in, he- but in heavyweight comparison, compared to a com- cruiserweight, that's nothing. No, exactly. But see, Bellew can't put too much on because he doesn't want to lose his speed because that's his strength at the moment. The fact that he's got his speed and the fact that he hits you with one punch and you're going over—that's the beauty of this fight. Okay, Bellew may well be the smaller man, and he may well be the bigger puncher. You could argue. But both these guys have got like 43 knockouts combined. Both these guys can put you to sleep. It ain't and David long, Hay is it? can get hit. It's not lasting long, exactly. this. <laughs> you know, look at the John Mormeck fight when Absolutely, Hay won the Cruiserweight man. title. He was all over the place. His legs were gone. Round he was four, he got it. He was, he was away. If Bellew hits him then, Bellew's a finisher. We know that. He's proved to the world he can finish fights. If he gets Hay in trouble, he will finish him. Save it, save it, save it, save it, save it. I can't wait. I can't wait. We've got till March to talk about this. No, it's a belter, isn't it? It's an absolute screamer. Um, We're going to finish on uh, all this Lucas Big Daddy Brown, Shannon Briggs stuff, yeah? Um, I'm sick to the back teeth of talking about drug cheats in this weight division. We were talking about uh, Bermain Stavern a couple of weeks ago, weren't we, Against the, with his fight against Povetkin. Both men f- uh, have failed drug tests this year, but the WBC are still sanctioning the fight, which is absolute bollocks. However, this one's for the WBA, but that's what we got told about. This is bizarre, this Lucas uh, Brown thing, because he's failed a test earlier this year. Yeah. Contaminated sample is what they're, they're, they're given as the word on. Then he signs up to a voluntary uh, drug testing um, through the WBC, obviously to not lose his ranking, I'm guessing, with the WBC, because if you don't sign up to it, then they'll just bin you off their top 10 or top 15 list. So he signs up to that and then fails another test. What what is that all about, man? I'll tell you something. You fool me once, shame on, what is it? Is it shame on me? 
Shame on you, yeah. Shame on you, shame on me, sh- whatever. You know what I mean? You're not going to call okay. me a second time, mate. You know what I mean? It's it's mental as well because obviously Lucas Brown's looked after by by Ricky Hatton as well. It's kind of tar- for me. It's tarnishing Ricky yes, Hatton's name in the industry as well because you know they kind of come out and straight away they went, ah, oh, we have you know it's it, typical Eastern Europe. That's where we failed a drug test. Oh, I'll take no notice. And to be honest, of all the positive drug tests, the heavyweight division's been absolutely plagued by recently. The Lucas Brown one, I was kind of thinking, oh, okay, you'll take that with a pinch of salt. You know what I mean? I give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, so same. When they said WBA against Shannon Briggs, I'm like, oh god, that's that's the most bizarre world title fight ever. But I love Shannon Briggs. I love him. Let's go, let's Shobies. go, champ. Yeah, let's Shobies. go, champ. Yeah. I love all that. So whether he's mental or not, I thought, yeah, okay, <laughs> let that happen. Let let's see what happens. Let let that happen. It'll be it'll be entertaining while it lasts. So when Lucas Brown failed the second test, I immediately my immediate reaction was, I feel for Ricky Hatton. I feel for Ricky Hatton because for me, that's dragging Ricky Hatton's name through the mud. The fact that he's failed a second test. So what's happening there now? Are they good? Is that fight happening anyway? Are the WBA just going to oh, paint over it, or is no, Shannon Briggs waiting for another opponent? Yeah, Sha- well, nothing's been announced yet because I think that Lucas, a Big Daddy Brown, has asked for his B sample to be tested, which hasn't been tested as of yet at the recording of this podcast. Um, and they're waiting on that, and then they'll obviously make a decision. But they can't sanction it if he fa- if he fails the test. They can't sanction it. I feel sorry for Shannon Briggs. He shot he shouted his mouth off to get a shot. Exactly. And the, you know, the what's the likelihood money. of somebody else coming along and, and finding it? The likelihood would have been David Hay, would it not? It would have been. Yeah, that's that's the other interesting thing. Obviously, the WBA aren't going to sanction David Hay against Bellew because Bellew's not ranked as a heavyweight. So yep. that's the other interesting thing. Had Lucas Brown failed the test prior, yeah. To the Hey Bell, I don't think we would have got Hey Bell. You announced. I think Hey, they probably said, "Now nah, wait, wait a minute. I might have a shot at getting the WBA belt." Then because if that, if Lucas Brown's second positive test had, that had been announced and it had scuppered the Shannon Briggs fight, I think David Hay puts the blocks on Bellew and goes, "Nah, nah, I'm going to go back and fight Shannon Briggs now." Like I said, I was going to go into in the first place because there's a world title belt on the line. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Thank you very much once again for downloading our podcast. If you don't subscribe as of yet, please do so. Go to iTunes, subscribe, write us a little uh, five-star review. It helps us uh, with our visibility in the iTunes chart. Uh, you can get to that via our website, fightdisciples.com, where I said right at the start of this show, there's a pair of tickets up for grabs to go and watch Anthony Joshua against uh, Eric Molina. All you got to do is register. Go on there, have a little bit of a nosy. Um, if you like to interact throughout the course of the week, come to our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Fight Disciples. Um, just come and join the conversation. Thank you once again, and we'll catch you next time, which will be Friday if you're into your boxing, as we preview the return of Billy Joe Saunders. Hopefully. <laughs> Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.